You're listening to the Full and Thriving Podcast, a place where courageous women come to break free from food obsession, heal their relationship with their body, and strive to live a life that's present, lighthearted, and meaningful. If you're listening, my wish is that this podcast serves as a catalyst that inspires you to nourish your body, nurture your mind, and energize your spirit. I'm your host, Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next solo episode of the Full and Thriving Podcast. I am your host, Meg McCabe, and I am so thrilled to have you listening today because today I am going to be talking from the heart. I'm going to be sharing something that I do not have written out. It's not super structured. It's just something I've been feeling called to do because as much as I want this podcast to be all coachy, as I say, with tips and tricks and advice on healing your eating disorder. I also want this to be something that motivates you through recovery and inspires you to recover. And also something that you can take with you with more life lessons, because I've actually had a path where I've studied a lot of life coaching as well. I've studied spirituality. And so I really see this podcast as a blend of all of those things. And that is kind of who I am in a nutshell, is a coach, someone who is deeply spiritual, someone who is also very practical, like a life coach. I feel like I wear many different hats. So anyway, Today I wanted to talk to you about probably the biggest lesson I ever learned from my recovery, and that is the lesson on failure. And it's really funny because I remember when I was 23 and I had hired my first life coach, I was talking about failure to her, and I was almost beaming while I was talking to her about it because I was really sharing with her all of the lessons I had learned from my eating disorder recovery saga, which was really attached to, as you know, my dream of becoming this international supermodel. And so for me, my eating disorder was so tied to that dream that when I decided to recover, I saw that as failing my dream. And it felt like this massive letdown and disappointment. I remember feeling so ashamed that I had quit modeling because I really put my out there, myself out there for several years um, trying to get this modeling contract. And when I did, I made this really bold move not to go to college when my town, which was a very privileged suburban town from Connecticut, everyone was going to college. And I was just this person who said, I want to live a glamorous life. I'm going to go become a model. And in order for me to do that, I'll have this eating disorder, but I will keep that on the down low. So when the eating disorder got out of control and I started gaining all the weight back and my body was really 
basically rebelling against this eating disorder. And I had this inner wisdom knowing that my body could not sustainably be that runway model size. I decided to leave. And I talked about this in the first episode. And I actually felt like I was in hiding for several months in the beginning of my recovery because I didn't want to admit to this failure. And during that time, I also felt this huge loss because I was losing my identity of being the thin fashionista girl who was living this different life. And that was what I had detached myself to, which had given me the eating disorder in the first place. So I was living at home, kind of mourning this loss of a dream feeling like a failure. And it was a super low point for me. It was really the first time I felt emotionally out of control. I remember it was the first time I felt intense rage, at least that I can remember. And so, yeah, it was my first distinct low point in life. And I do acknowledge that I had a very nice childhood, very loving home, great family, um, super supportive. So I was lucky enough to have my first super low point as a late teenager, (laughs) you know? And so I had this, I ended up recovering. So I was kind of living at home for several months. I was working as a hostess at a restaurant, which was a whole different experience in itself, recovering from an eating disorder. And I was slowly regaining control of food. But as you know, recovery is super challenging and it can be difficult and emotional. Your your body is changing. You are constantly reckoning with your hunger and fullness and trying not to overeat, but also still kind of wanting to restrict. And it's a total mind messery, if, if you will. <laughs> so lo and behold, after that period of time, I ended up going to college. And I still had my eating disorder a little bit. I would say I was 40%. I was 60% done with recovery and I still had 40% to go. And it was interesting because after I moved to college, I had this major shift in my life where I was no longer in this suffering mode. And I suddenly ended up changing my life. I was studying in classes. I was in charge of my own schedule. I was making new friends. I ended up falling in love for the first time. And I was having so much fun. Like I was literally having the time of my life. So much fun that food was no longer the priority. And it became kind of like this pesky thing I was still dealing with. And I was heading towards recovery, but it didn't, it was no longer the forefront of who I was, or what I was doing. So in college, I just fully embraced living in the moment. And I felt like my eating disorder stepped aside, and it allowed my real personality of who I would one day become Meg McCabe to the world like it was like my debut as a as a real adult and it was so fun and i saw that as my first major high point in life i mean 
I don't know if any of you all remember the first time you fell in love or the first time you went off to college or whatever it might be. A lot of us, not everyone, but some of those memories are definitely a high point. And so for me, I noticed this distinct pattern in which, okay, that low point sucked. Like that recovery, living at home, trying to muscle through it, that was really hard. And within a matter of days, I was thrown into a new environment and that was amazing. And my life is amazing now. And it was this total swing. It was a pendulum swing. And that's when I realized that Newton's law, I think it's his third law, every action has an equal opposite reaction. I was like, mind blown. This was my life in a nutshell. I had this negative, terrible low point. And then I had the equal opposite high point within the same exact year, within a few months even. And so knowing that and finding comfort in the fact that every, basically every low point has an equal opposite high point, I was able to feel comfortable with whenever my next low point would be. And so I want you to think about the highs and lows that you've experienced in life and recognize that every time you're in a low point, I want you to get ready for the upswing. I want you to get ready for that pendulum to go right back up because that is the law of life. That is seriously something I truly believe in. So while you're struggling, while you're having a hard time, I want you to prepare and believe that things are going to get better. And while you're, it's like while you're at the bottom of the hill, I want you to look up and see a beautiful mountaintop where you are headed to no matter what, because that is the law of the universe. And that is what recovery taught me is you're going to have highs and lows. You see that every single day in recovery, you're going to have a day where you're terrible at reaching your meal plan, or you can't reach your goals, or maybe you want to give up and then, or you engage in behaviors. And then the next day you feel energized, you feel re-inspired. You actually do what you promised yourself you would do. You actually follow through with your commitments and it's a great day. You can see that on a micro level in recovery. And I want you to realize that it's also going to happen on a macro level. You are meant to be going through this for some reason or another. It might be to shape your character. It might be to plant a seed in your head about your future career. It really does have an impact on your future in a really positive way. And you you might not see this now. Maybe this whole entire episode makes you want to roll your eyes, but I sincerely believe that whenever you go through this experience, you become a wise woman. You might be 16 going through this eating disorder and say you recover when you're 19. You're going to feel the wisdom of recovery and trusting yourself and healing your body and your relationship with food. All of that wisdom is going to stick with you for the rest of your life. So failure in recovery might feel like it's present in the moment, but it's going to lead to massive growth. And it's going to build you up to becoming the person you want to become. So if you need proof of this, look at your life now. Look at the life you've experienced so far. 
perhaps it's been characterized by highs and lows. It might be easiest to think about the low points in your life first and then say, okay, what was the high point that followed that? And the thing is, you'll probably notice that these there's usually a downswing and then there's an upswing. So by the time I was recovered and dating in life, even when my heart would get broken, I remember one time crying and smiling at the same time because I knew that something better was in store for me and this breakup was actually going to give me the power I needed to grow even more. So keep that in mind, write down your low points in life and then your high points in life and you're going to realize first of all that you've been through hard things and you can do it again. Second of all, life is definitely a balance. And if you're having trouble looking at the good or finding the good, I want you to just know that the good might not always be completely obvious right away. Sometimes, as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. So you might have to wait for the macro benefits, <laughs> the macro big picture to appear several years from now before you can see how this experience really helped you. For example, I want you to embrace this concept of how will my eating disorder fit into the big picture of my life? So who will I become because of my recovery? What am I meant to learn right now? What lesson am I supposed to learn? They say in spirituality that for every relationship you're in, you are meant to learn something. And if you feel stuck, in your situation, it's because you haven't fully learned whatever you're meant to learn. I recommend taking your journal out and thinking about all the lessons you've already learned from this and being grateful for who you're becoming in this moment. Who will you become? What are you meant to learn? And just recognize that you're going through an intense, amazing transformation. And transformation in your life is coming. I do see that my eating disorder, even though it was hard, it really was a gift because it taught me that I can get through anything and that I'm a badass. <laughs> oh my God, so funny. It really did. It gave me this sense of confidence. Recovery will do that because you're like, well, if I can get through that, I can get through a lot of hard things. Additionally, it's kind of funny because my eating disorder is what I needed to go through to step into my ultimate purpose, which is what I'm doing now, talking to everyone here about recovery. And it's funny because when I was going through my eating disorder, I remember telling my college boyfriend and my college guidance counselor, whatever they are, advisor, that I wanted to help people recover from eating disorders. I remember telling them this. And then I forgot because I was having so much fun and I wasn't focusing on, I was, I was like a great student in high school. I've talked about that perfectionism streak. In college, I still had that perfectionist streak towards studying, but it was not 
as much of a priority um, as it was in college, I mean, in high school. So I was having a great time. I learned to chill out. I learned to be flexible. I learned to live in the present. I completely forgot that I had said I wanted to help people with eating disorders. I ended up getting a communications degree. I studied the media. I did a lot of marketing stuff. And I slowly found my way back to my purpose, which is so directly tied, like incredibly directly tied to my experiences I had when I had an eating disorder. So how might this healing of yours be tied to your purpose? Ask yourself that. How is this setting me up for success? How is this setting me up to fully step into who I'm meant to be? And you might not know this now, but I'm promising you one day you're going to look back at your life and you're going to see how all the puzzles fit together. Just to give you a few examples, for instance, you have an eating disorder. It's been crappy. And the only way you can cope with the anxiety of your eating disorder is maybe art. Maybe this is a moment in your life where you've fully discovered art. Maybe it's watercolor. Maybe it's pottery, whatever it is. That might be linked to your purpose. Maybe you'll end up becoming an artist, or maybe you'll end up opening an Etsy store that pulls you through the rest of recovery, or it's just a passion that lights you up for the rest of your life. You can have other passions as well, but you can look back at your recovery and say, hey, if I didn't learn to cope through art, I would not be half the person I am today. Another example of that is, for instance, maybe throughout recovery, you do a lot of self-education on feminism and diversity of body size and racism and fat phobia, and you step into your voice, you step into the inner advocate you have, and that takes you down a path of social justice, and it takes you down a path of maybe that tying into your career, like becoming a lawyer or, or some sort of activist or writer who writes about this stuff or re researches this stuff. Everything you're doing now, even the smallest thing, is planting a seed for this person you are meant to become. You'll see it all the time on podcasts and social media as well. There are so many dietitians out there who have redirected, first of all, their career started with an unhealthy obsession with food, and they redirected that unhealthy obsession towards a more haze-informed approach to being a dietitian. So maybe that obsession with food gives you all the knowledge you need to become a dietitian, or maybe all the therapy you're going through right now gives you the knowledge you need to work in mental health one day. Maybe you'll become a psychologist or a counselor. And even in a even more macro level, think about this. Maybe it's not necessarily tied to your purpose as in career, because your purpose doesn't always have to be career. But what if your recovery is the end of a family cycle of mental illness? What if 
your recovery is where the pattern of eating disorders stops in its tracks. Think about your mom, think about your grandma, think about your aunts, whoever had an eating disorder. Maybe your recovery will honor them. It will honor your ancestors. This is usually an ancestral thing. It is something that's tied to genetics. So you can stop the cycle. Your recovery will be the last that needs to happen because you are not going to pass down these behaviors and these mindsets to your future children. So whew, think about the big picture. Take several steps back. Sometimes when we look at the big picture, it helps us detach from the small things. And eating disorders are all about the small things. They're all about staying small. They're all about eating small. They're all about living in a small body. You don't have to live in a small way. You don't have to attach to these small things, a calorie, a pound, a macronutrient, whatever. You don't have to attach to those things. Detach from them. Look at the big picture. Use your dreams. Use your character. Use everything you can to detach from those things so you can move yourself into the future of your life, which is a recovered life because recovery is 100% possible and you will recover as long as you don't give up. Keep going, keep inspiring yourself, keep finding motivation, look forward to the good because think of it this way, it's kind of like you've earned it. You've been through crap. Anticipate something good and expect it because that's really what's going to happen in your life. I hope this message has resonated with you. I feel really blessed that I get to share this with you and that I can inspire those who are listening. And if you have any questions or comments about this, please reach out to me on Instagram, send me a DM and let me know what you think. And in the meantime, just take a few deep breaths and know that Everything is going to work out and you are going to get through this. And that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful rest of your day. There you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed this week's solo episode. I feel super riled up and inspired by just recording that. So I hope you guys feel inspired as well. And if you are enjoying this podcast, I ask you to please rate and review and subscribe to this podcast because it will definitely help me spread my message more and reach more people who need the help. So with that, I just want to say thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your day.